Welcome to the Athletics of Business, a podcast about how the traits and behaviors of elite athletes and remarkable business leaders frequently intersect. The real stories and hard lessons to help you level up your leadership and performance. Now your host, Ed Molitor. Welcome back to another episode of the Athletics of Business podcast. I am your host and CEO of the Molitor Group, Ed Molitor. And today we are welcoming one of my all-time favorites from College Station, Texas, Gabe Bach. Now, if you've listened to Tex Ag's radio, if you've lived in College Station, if you're an Aggie, if you're an AM fan, if you follow AM football, basketball, baseball, track, cross country, soccer, anything, you know Gabe Bach, right? He is synonymous with Texas AM athletics for all the work that he has done over the years at Tex Ag's radio. And recently he announced that he was stepping down and did in fact step down to pursue a career joining the Megan Bach team. And that is his amazing wife as a licensed realtor and director of operations and marketing. But what's really cool is Gabe will be staying on at Tex Ags in, in a role and a capacity where he can create some content and still fulfill what it was he was looking for. And that was time and margin. And we talk a lot about that. He's so committed to his family, wanting to spend time with them, do things. You know, this is a big part of his children's life and he doesn't want to wake up one day and he's an empty nester. And all of a sudden that's gone. We talk about all that. We talk, tell some great AM stories and and one of the amazing things that Gabe just did, he had the Castlegate Community Basketball Court named after Alex Caruso. And I surprised Gabe on this episode with Alex's father, Mike Caruso, who is a friend of mine that I've known for years. He also has done some amazing work inside of the athletic department at Texas A&M. So just a really fun conversation, a cool conversation, and so many takeaways for folks right now who are sitting there thinking, you know, I'm very successful. Things are going well but something's missing or there's an, other, there's an other passion I'd like to pursue. And I'm a little bit afraid to get outside my comfort zone. And Gabe gets really open with us and he shares how this came about and what triggered this and how he and his wife handled the conversations and how he and the great Billy Lucci handled the conversation when Gabe told him, listen, this is what I'm thinking about doing. And, and this is why I want to do it. And how can we make this work for everyone? So without further ado, enjoy this conversation with Gabe Bach. Gabe, thank you so much for joining us today on the Athletics of Business podcast. It's awesome to be sitting here looking at you, but it's a, it's a little awkward being in different seats, right? Usually you're the one leading the show because I'm going to do my best to honor you and, and what an amazing job you've done in your career. Eddie Molitor, man. Kindred spirits. You used to spend some time up down this way in College Station with Tony Baroni and Porter Moser and trying to get that Aggie basketball team rolling, which you guys did for a little while. For a minute. And yeah, for a minute. And we've had some great dinners and have we had have. some great on-air opportunities, but it's a thrill and an honor to be following the likes of Hunter Goodwin and Mark French and some <laughs> of the incredible Aggies that you've had on. And yep. I love that you know, I do a podcast on the business of college sports and you do a podcast on the college, the sports of business. The, the athletics, athletics of business. business. That's right. Kind of a flip-flop there. We didn't mean to infringe on your trademark, but... Uh, That's okay. I'll ride your guys' coattails any day of the week. You know that, right? I might not be as smart as I look, but I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah no, it's a lot of fun and I'm, I'm thrilled to be on it. It's going to be uh, an awesome opportunity to chat with you. Yeah, I appreciate it. And, you know, and congratulations to you um, in the introduction. I, I prefaced, obviously, the amazing journey that you're on, that you've been on. Um, I appreciate you and all you've done because you've been able to somehow find the balance in, in all your years, your 10 years at Tex Ags, and before that, just being such a vital member of the, the AA community to balance objectiveness with passion, right? And that's not easy to mm -hmm. do. And what you've done, what, you, what Billy and the crew have done at Tex Ags and where it's at today versus where you guys started. Can you take our listener on that journey? Because I, by no stretch of imagination, did I try to even entertain the idea that I could properly articulate the amazing things that you've done. But Ed, you knew Billy in 1998, whenever... <laughs> 96, when, actually. But 96, okay, okay. Before he got in media, and in 98, he gets in media, and R.C. Slocum it tries to run him off of practice saying, <laughs> this, who is Billy Lucci? Who's this Italian guy? He's like a uh, runner for an agent. Like, R.C. Yep. didn't trust him. And now right. they're great friends. Right. You know how Billy right. is. Yep. I mean, I, I jump on in 08, 10 years later, yeah. when Hunter and Billy joined forces with Texas, and they had the Maroon and White Report, which was a, a written newsletter. But, but it was Billy awesome. Was just, it was awesome. Oh, Billy, Billy was typing this newsletter up. 
at the foot of his bed with <laughs> Seth McKinney sleeping in the bed next to him as roommate. Tell him to shut up. But he's like, hey, I got a deadline. And Butch is up in the middle of the night just chiming away at this. You know how he is. He can't see. He's like, <laughs> he's, been blind. he's been blind for 25 years, ever since oh, you met him. But yeah. can you imagine, like, Billy Lucci? And look where he is, this business mogul. Amazing. Yeah, I know. But not crazy. a shock. Not a shock. Getting to know. Really get smart. He is. And getting to know Billy like I did and having a few conversations with him at the tap. You <laughs> knew he was bound for greatness, right? I mean, honestly, yeah. and he just, and he talked about passion. I mean, he, he loved it. No I mean, just embraced it. No, nah, it was a heck of a run. I was with them for 13 years, 2008. And the cool thing is I'm, I'm still consulting. I've, mm -hmm. I'm on contract. I've got five or six pieces of content I'm going to produce every week. This football season has been amazing. But in 2008, I jump on board from full-time radio. And we were, we were scared we weren't going to get credentials. Like, that's 10, 08, so 13 years ago, we're like, hey, get about us. We need one seat in the press box. Mm -hmm. One seat in the press box. And now we probably got, I don't know, six. But just just we're, the way it's grown and, you know, starting the radio show in 2011, doing that for 10 years, we're making movies now, which is just a huge part of our whole deal. We are making websites that look like tech sags, mm. but they're different colors for different markets. And then partnered with people in those markets who are experts. We've got a Georgia side. We've got a USC side, a Cal, Nebraska, Notre Dame, you know, Irish sports daily is our side. We built it. So yeah, it's, amazing. it's been really fun. Like, you know, this, you've taught how many fortune 500 CEOs have you had on this podcast, or at least talking, you know, a lot right. of these guys right. and they'll tell you, the, the original Fortune 500 companies that only had one stream of revenue, they're not around anymore. How many right. of those are still ex in existence unless they mold and develop? Right. That's what you have to do. So TechSags was all about getting the Aggie to pay about $10 a month to get premium content. That was right. the revenue stream. Right. When I jumped on board, TechSags advertising sales was 14000 for the year. Well, now it might be a million you know, so you you got to do advertising. You got to do you got to be everything in today's media, and well, you got to be able to mold, develop, man. And they've done it. It's incredible leadership group. You know all the characters, right. and I'm just I'm thrilled that while I have gotten out full time, TechSags is allowing me to stay on board in some capacity and try to add value to it because it's it's an absolute passion. It's and they're better for doing that, obviously, right? And, and I saw I saw Billy's statements, his comment, your, your conversation with him after you announced back on May 3rd, that you're taking a step away yeah. or you're, that you're stepping down from the show. And he made a great point. It was very straightforward. I hate to see you go, but you're not really going. As a matter of fact, you're here in a capacity that serves you better in your life, Gabe, and serves your family better. It sure. also serves TechSags because now we're bringing another 10 on, right? And, and by the way, I would argue, no with Billy, I would argue with Billy that you're a 10 plus, you're not a 10. Okay. So, <laughs> but I, well, you're bringing up a great point right there, Ed, because he's got a little Chicago, it got a little Capone, oh, yeah. right? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, Luch. Uh, and I think he's big into, and that's a, that's a compliment. He's yep, big into absolutely. growing the entourage, right? Mm -hmm. Growing the team. So if he's Ross Bjork or Jimbo, he might think of this as like a recruiter. Well, I don't want to lose Gabe and then add David Nuno and that's right. losing a guy and adding a really good guy. Right. But in hit in Billy's mind, it's like, if we figure out how to, not lose Gabe, keep him, and we still have Olin, and we have Logan, and Bronny, so on and so forth. The crew that has established itself in our community of Aggies and throughout the SEC, and then you go add Nuno for the fourth biggest city in the country. Right. ABC, the sucker had Bob Allen's old job. I mean, right. a, a, a legendary old Houston broadcast. Now Nuno's in that chair. Right. So if I can go pull Nuno from the fourth biggest city in the country, mm -hmm. have him host the show and take on our sort of reporting initiatives moving forward and be our voice and then keep Gabe on, we grow the entourage. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, man, I mean, Billy's got a persona as like big brother with me and it's just the way it, it's always been. So it's been very natural. That's not shtick. You know, I've kind of been the Casey Affleck in, in good bull hunting in the backseat and eat your double burger and shut the hell up. And he's <laughs> been the guy in the front driving or right. the other side. Right. Well, he can't drive for crap, so he's going to die on the other <laughs> side. Mad Damon. But the no. point being is, like, we get that, and I play that role, and he plays yeah. that role, and we love each other. Yeah. But on January the 18th, I had a secret, and I had had something that needed to be told, and that something that needed to be told was after 13 years, I got to pull back because it's broken right now. The schedule's broken. The math equation in our home is mm -hmm. messed up. 
And I got to figure out how to uh, how to get this thing right moving forward or regrets going to creep in in a big way because these kids are only getting older. They're only getting busier. My wife's only getting more and more successful in real estate. Mm -hmm. Yet Tex-Ags is dominating like our whole schedule. But Tex-Ags isn't the most important thing in my house by any stretch, as much as I love it. And neither are the Aggies as much as I love them. And so I needed to figure out, and to Billy's credit, this was Billy's finest hour. A, in a three-hour conversation, socially distanced, of course, he is the world's biggest Aggie germaphobe. He had the door open into his house, but I had to be in the garage, and he was was in his kitchen. Were there there pictures of that on social media? You you needed Uh, pictures. You couldn't couldn't do that. That was a clandestine meeting at that time. And I cried a lot, man, because I was holding it in, right? Right. So I cried a lot, and then he realized my plight. And I still had a contract. I still had two and a half years left on my contract. They they could have handled this a lot differently, Ed. And in business, how many people you talked to would have handled it a lot differently? Because his contract's a contract. Business is business. No hard feelings. You got to put that aside. But they didn't. They understood it. They understood my situation and said, look, okay, we still want you. Is there a couple things you could do for us? And I told him point blank, like, I don't want to just cold turkey, go from Texags and then fade into Bolivia, as Mike Tyson would say, right? Right, I don't want to just fade away. And then all of a sudden, like five years from now, and in real estate, you got to keep top of mind awareness. So I don't want to just fall in five years. Everybody in the community is like, remember that Gabe Bach? I mean, who is he? Right. right? So you got to keep doing stuff in real estate. And it's my passion. Right. So to their credit, we had multiple meetings. Brandon Jones involved to our president. And mm-hmm. he, Brandon finally said, look, you know more what you really offer Texags and have for 13 years even than I do. Why don't you come back to us with a, a new job description? And why don't you put a value on that job description? And I was able to spend two weeks and really craft and do my own job description. How many people do that? Right. And they and then we met for 20, 30 minutes and we had a a new role moving forward as a consultant, as a content creator for Texags, but working not 70 hours a week, but working 10 to 15 during football season, less during basketball, baseball, and even less during the summer. And but still being involved, scratch that Aggie sports edge. But it now moving forward, it's just fun. Like this is just a hobby that I would probably be messing around with anyway. So I'm no. still able to be involved with Tex Axe and still able to work with my wife and still able to be home and play so golf cool. like crazy and yeah. coach baseball and volleyball and everything else. So well, I'm living a good I'm living a good life, man. I mean, I gotta tell you, I'm very I'm well very deserved too. Yeah, and well, well deserved. I'm thankful. Yeah. And I'll tell you, you said something when I listened to your announcement on May 3rd. And it stuck with me then because we had just connected and, and you kind of noted that something was coming up, but we had just connected or reconnected. We, we just talked. And when I listened to it, you said something, the decision came down to time and margin. I absolutely love that. Right. Because I think that's something that so many people are dealing with right now with everything that we have gone through, grown through. And you said that, but you also said something that absolutely shocked me that you and your wife have only been to one and a half games together <laughs> at Kyle field. We've yeah. only been to one and a half games together in our marriage. Totally. Period. And now you're going yeah. on a road game together to one of my favorite places. Yeah, that's awesome. And that, next week, we're going to Denver for the AM Colorado game. But so cool. We got season tickets. Will that be hard for you not being like yeah. running around like a chicken with your head cut off and having the field pass? And even though obviously you still have one, but sitting there with the season tickets, I and mean, will that be a little bit different feeling? I think the hardest part of all of it is going to be figuring out how to cheer again. Because in the press box, it's a sterile environment. Yeah. So you're subdued in a lot of ways. You you might celebrate, but it's just above the neck and it's yeah. in silence. It may right. be with a well-timed tweet is how you celebrate or things like that. It's <laughs> right. a totally different world. And right. I, I firmly, I don't know. I haven't sawed them off. In, is it sawn or sawed? I haven't sawn them off in forever. Sawed. With an N, I think. Yeah, yeah. okay. In, in for, in hey, I'm from Chicago, so you're asking the wrong cat here, right? Sawed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in years, really. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe at like a baseball game with the kids, but. I mean, I, I can't remember clapping at a sporting event. I go to a Rangers game and I, I stand up and I just, I, I think that's going to be the biggest challenge, but I'm glad you mentioned the margin thing. This is a book I've been reading all year. My good friend, Will Reed brought it to my awesome. attention when I met with him about, I do, I was looking for a bookmark. Look, we've gone with the three of spades today. It's my bookmark. <laughs> I don't know why. I just found something real quick to find right. my place here, but this is, this is Richard Swenson. He's a doctor. Okay. He's a medical doctor and he's been on a quest for margin his entire life. And he wrote this great, this is like a daily version. He's got a much thicker book, but Hey, what's the issue of writing this massive book on margin? 
anybody that needs it, they don't have the margin to read it. <laughs> so he realized that and he said, look, I need to do it daily. Yeah. And it's called a minute of margin. Okay. Because I can do that. Yeah. Can, we can I do a minute a day. A minute. Yeah. Now I may skip four days because I don't have time, but right. I can do a minute. Right. You know, and so they're, they're this big. That's it. All and right. then he gives you his little RX at the end, right? So it's all good. I love that. I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned this margin. That's kind of been my word for the year. Uh-huh. And I read one about three days ago on the benefit of a good transmission. A great car, you can have a great car, but you better have a transmission in that sucker. And what he talks about is the healthiest lifestyle comes equipped with four gears. You need four gears. And I'm a three on the Enneagram. I don't know if you've studied that. And I'm a doer and a pleaser yeah. and a people pleaser. And I I want to go above and beyond what's requested so that, I don't know, I maybe I like encourage. I don't know. I, I like doing well for people. I don't like when I do them wrong. And so I go probably a little bit too much transitioning the overdrive gear, gear four, right? Mm-hmm. Ha- hammer that sucker and speed on the freeway in my life. I'm very comfortable in overdrive. But the pro- what I'm learning now is these other gears, and I'll just read it quick. I'm not going to read the whole minute of Mark. Okay. But the first is park for the contemplative times. This gear is used for rest and renewal. It's our battery charging gear. And he continues on that. The second gear is low. Low gear is for relationships, family and friends. Like how many of us grinders just don't have time right. to sit for an entire hour and have a cup of coffee with somebody new? Because we got to go get going. Time is money. An hour is... Sometimes you feel it feels wasted, but I've learned a lot this year. And God's taught me a lot about just the importance of that low gear mm-hmm. and growing your relationships because we're not meant to do this alone. We're meant to be around people. We're meant to grow and be in unity and be in community. And that's where we are most, our most healthiest self on this earth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So park and low and then drive. Like that's the usual gear for work. Much of our play, like this gear uses lots of energy faster speed when it's productive, but then that fourth gear is overdrive. Overdrive is like, you're going to go to the gym, Ed, and you're going to play basketball and not golf that day. Like you're going to gear up your energy and get into overdrive, or you got a bunch of deadlines coming up and I might have to pull almost an all-nighter to make it work. And that's okay. But the key is this margin thing is that can't be a lifestyle. Like overdrive can't be every day. You're you're not going to be healthy physically, mentally, emotionally, socially, behaviorally. Like it's going to affect all of it. If you're spending your life in overdrive, and I think way too often I spent my life, it's like a, a, a great car. If you just drop that sucker in and start hammering from the stop sign consistently, the car is going to croak. Eventually it's not going to be very good because you're going to wear out your engine. And that's the same with our bodies. That's the same uh, with our brains. So you need health, emotional health, mental, spiritual, all that. And so to get into those four gears is, significant man it's significant margin is the word that really sort of led me to the finish line and making this decision where i was still trying to battle it as the calendar turned to 2021 well maybe i just do the show mm-hmm. but then you know it's like well it's, hey that still puts you busy in the morning and still puts your wife busy in the evening and you're still bringing home your most exhausted self day after day after day and that perpetuates a tainted relationship over time or a strained relationship so with your kids and with your spouse, your most important ministry, your most important relationships. So right. it's so important. Your home is the most important thing. It's got to stay healthy. You know, I mean, you're got, not going to be a great businessman a lot of times if your home's messed up. You'll be distracted and you won't be your best at your best. So just learning a lot. I still don't know anything, but I, I'm learning <laughs> a lot this year through this decision, man. No doubt about it. Well, and the thing is, if you are there, you really don't have access to your best self because you're so worn out. Because right. you're spending so much time and driving for sure. Drive. And, it's and impossible. That, and that's the big trick because you think you're doing okay. You know, it seems right. like all, all the plates are spinning, like all the balls are staying in the air, and you think you're doing okay. So, again, I say kudos to you. You know, I mean, I, it's just pretty amazing because it's not, you know, you don't have an ego, which is always amazed me about you with all your success. But for some, it'll be very hard because a lot of folks in that industry, my industry, the coaching industry, people in general identify who they are with what they do. And you and I, we identify who we are with our family, right? And what's yeah. what's most important. So to absolutely. you, I, I just think that's that's absolutely amazing. Now, was it odd for the family to have so much access to you throughout the day at first? 
<laughs> like dad i don't know if this is so this is cool but man i think it's still pretty yeah. odd like i i burned some cook my daughter did a presentation today <laughs> at school it's actually going on right now okay on on norway and my wife has some norwegian in her norway okay. sweden german and uh so ella picked norway she wanted okay. to learn a little more about norway and when you do the presentation you get to make some food from whatever country you choose and you yeah. have to present and then everybody gets to eat and she made these like lemon sugar cookies and all I had to do today was stick them in the oven and right. not burn them. Right. Well, I burned the suckers, <laughs> right? I mean, come on. All I had to do was stick them in there and not burn them. And I burned them. Like when you say so, burnt, like a little bit crispy or were they just, were they gone? Edible. I say they're edible. Yeah. They were just fine. Uh, but you know how it is when you're a kid. Hey, look, I, yeah. I messed it up. Uh, I'm still learning a lot. I mean, we got a puppy. We're still trying to house train him. I had no idea. My wife used to bring the, all three kids to school every single day. I had no idea how hard that was. Right. I'm now driving them to school. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just trying to get them to school on time is a chore. <laughs> so I am learning a lot, man. But we have, I've counted hundreds of hours. Okay. Especially like when you think about a road trip, I mean, yeah. you're gone for 72 hours or, or longer. Yeah. And when you're there at home in the summer where you last year would have been, well, not last year because of COVID, but in a normal world would have been gone for three days or four mm -hmm. or five. Mm -hmm. I mean, and then every, every morning being able to spend some time getting them ready. I mean, it is just an incredible joy. So Over cool. time, you start thinking like, all right, I don't regret. That's an incredible run. I'm mm -hmm. so thankful for Tex-Ags. At this stage, my kid, my daughter, Ella's 12. My son, Easton, will be nine in October. My other daughter, Everly, will be six in October. And they're kind of at that stage now where it's been great, but they're, they're they're getting ready. Ella's going to be seventh grade sports coming up next year. I mean, it's about to get crazy. Multiple right. pickups at school, multiple right. drop-offs at school. Right. My wife's career is blowing up, so yep. she needed to insert some systems and yep. make hires, and I've just been a part of that. And so it's like sooner or later, regret's going to set in. Can I do this for 10 more years? And then I look up, and Everly is out of high school. Yeah. And now we're empty nesters, right. and – I missed a lot. Yes. And I just don't want to. I, I talked to so many people like you and other business people. You and I are very kindred spirits in a lot yeah. of ways because we found our passion mm -hmm. and we got to work in the thing that we most enjoyed. Your dad was a coach. You knew right. you were going to be a coach. You wanted to coach. And guess what? You got to coach right. at a very high level. And here you are sitting there coaching and your dreams change. Yep. If something that happens, you wake up one day and you have new dreams. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be the play-by-play -play voice of the Texas Rangers, right? Forever. Yep. And we listen to Mark Holtz and Eric Nadell. Nadell's still doing the plays. Yep. It's incredible. Or my parents really wanted me to take whatever road I need to take to get to Bristol, Connecticut, right? I mean, get on sports. <laughs> I, I, when you got me on sports? They don't know crap. It's like, when you got me on Because Bristol's get, such a hot spot, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but then you get married. Okay, that changes some things. Do I want to live calling single A in Clinton, Iowa? Right. Left and right or not? Probably not. Does my wife have a job there? Probably not, because there's 716 people in that town. So it's like, all right. And then you have kids, and your dreams just shift and mold and change. And you start asking yourself, and I know you did. You had to come to that realization. Mm -hmm. And I did, too, just recently, is what is the finish line? Mm -hmm. Is it five years? Maybe it is. You'll be praying a lot about it. You're talking. What's the finish line? And come to find out. And I think I really started, we prayed about the same for 13 months before I told Billy. It was an 18-month process to the finish line on January 11th of this year. But it's like, you know, maybe it's now. And when you do a three-hour talk show in a five-month complete sports shutdown where you're just doing Mount Rushmore's every day, like right. that kind of wears on you. And you, it really makes you, and that, like you said earlier, a lot of people are in this boat right now of thinking like, what is, what's the next 20 years really supposed to look like? Right. Is it still this? And just asking that question, I just kind of plowing through it and just assuming it's the right thing for you moving forward, but really asking the question and sifting out and searching for the answer to what the future really looks like for you. And so that's where we came to this point. Right. And what were those conversations like with Megan when you first started going down that road and having those? And was it you that said, hey, Megan, this I kind of want to talk to you or was it her or was it a mutual thing? I mean, what was that like? You should pull up a tweet that Megan put out like a month ago, I think, when I passed the real estate exam and uh -huh. hung my license with her, yeah. their brokerage there, Walsh and Mangan, mm -hmm. Premier Real Estate in town. She's got the team, Megan Bach team within that brokerage. Right. But 
she put out an interesting tweet or Instagram post. It's like, have you ever been presented with an opportunity? And your answer was hell no. And then lo and behold, as time passes, it's like definitely the right decision. And that's kind of where she was. We were driving. It was, we were going back home to Denison, an hour north of Dallas, border Mm -hmm. town with Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And I looked out at her while I was looking out, I was driving home and I was pretty exhausted. It was after the 2019 fall. And I was, I looked out and I saw a billboard for champions school of real estate. I didn't end up using champions, but that's where Megan went. And Mm -hmm. I just looked over and I pointed to that sign and I said, what if I did that? Hmm. And my idea was, you know, I really don't like her opening a door in the middle of the country for just some single guy. Sure. But I le- I legally can't do that without a license. Right. So my original impetus was just, I'll just be able to kind of help her out when she's in an awkward situation or she's just exhausted. And I'll just be able to open doors and get a real estate license. Mm-hmm. But I started thinking more and more. And that's when it started of just, what if you, you're growing like crazy. And in the COVID world, she just blew up. So it was a situation where it became a, a legitimate option. And a lot of people might get in a situation where even if they feel like maybe their time in a certain spot, as great as it might be, like my full-time experience with TechSags was, mm-hmm. that the time might be coming to an end, but they don't have an option because maybe they're the only breadwinner or, or there's just mm-hmm. so much nervousness about just up and quitting and then figuring out what's next. But Megan, thank God, with her success, gave me an option to look ar- around at the opera and explore the opportunity of joining forces with her. Mm-hmm. And so her original answer was hell no. It was right. because mostly she didn't know a gay Bach without sp- Aggie sports. And she knows how much, how passionate I am about it right? and how much joy I get from doing the show. And she didn't want to be a cause or a root cause of pulling me away from that. And then all of a sudden, you know, guilt sets in and I'm, I feel like I made the wrong decision. And mm-hmm. she, she certainly didn't want me to, throw her under the bus or anything like that. So we needed to really like sift this out. And it took a long time. And I drove that bus. She did not drive that bus. I drove it. Of I really do believe this could be a great opportunity for us. And so far it's been great. Now I'm learning a lot. Like how do you communicate where you know where your bread's buttered and you work for her? Right. Like we don't even, we're not going to have our two faces on a billboard together holding kittens. Like we're not going to have double signs. Well, you better not be holding kittens. I might. Right. I, I mean, talking it's not, to it's, uh, like my role is really operations, figuring uh, out, okay, we need to hire a young whippersnapper that can give right. us their nights and weekends and right. we'll give them leads and we'll give them training. And for right. a year, maybe when they're ready, they go out on their own, but now they need to be on our team because they need to learn the business, but yep. we need their time and their energy and their effort. So I'm in operations and social media and then helping buyers. Like we got to make sure Every time we go to the golf course with Easton, he wants to start on the putting green and he wants to end on the putting green. And I think he's got a built-in innate understanding or he's learned it from somebody that that's where the money is. The money's on the green. You got to be good around the green and you got to be good on the green. As long as you might be off the tee, you got to be good there because that's where the cash is. Well, As operations person, I got to think Megan's got to be focused on the green. She's got to be focused around the green and figuring out where she puts her time because you only have so much of it. So she's got to be focused on doing meetings and writing contracts. And then I've got to now in my role say, look, what do we need to do to get this, that, and this off her plate? I'll take some of it. We'll hire two people to take other parts of it so that she can then be focused on the primary parts of the, of the company. You've had to do that. You've had to put in systems. You've talked to hundreds of people that have had to put in systems as they continue to grow, or you're going to wear yourself out. You're going to be in overdrive too much. Well, so that's my role now is to get find her a way to be in park, low, drive, and overdrive awesome. when needed. And how much fun will that be to, to do together? And I'll tell you what, you, I would yeah. want to be on your guys' team. I mean, going back to what you said, like she wasn't the one who drove the idea. Like you drove that bus. And and the reason she didn't drive it really was because her love and respect for you, right? I mean, it speaks volumes to your relationship. Sure. And, and she knows how much AM athletics means to you. Now, with that being said, I have someone joining the podcast here that I not tell you about because you have done something absolutely amazing for someone in College Station, okay? So without further ado, I'm going to have Mike Caruso jump on here. Oh. Yes. So I want to I talk about your incredible work with getting Alex Caruso Court named, you know, in College Station at, at uh, Castlegate Community. Mike, Coach Caruso, welcome. How are we doing, my friend? 
I'm doing great, except for my right. eyes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I, Gabe. yeah. Gabe had no idea you were coming on, nor does he, <laughs> nor does he know that you're at the eye doctor and your eyes are completely yeah. dilated. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah, I, Gabe, I thought it'd be great to have Mike on to talk about the work you did yeah. for Alex Crusoe Court. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out of your two guys' way. I want y'all to talk about it. And I'm just gonna see a little Texas came out me there. I said y'all. How about that? Yo, it's, it's a great word. <laughs> Almost as good as all y'all. Yeah, it's even better. And now you're asking a lot say, from the Chicago say, guy. Do they say y'all in Omaha, Mike? Not a lot. No. <laughs> no. Certainly um, not in Oakland. I guarantee you that. Uh, no, not, not much on the West Coast either. They can really <laughs> tell where you're from when you uh, throw that at them. Yeah, no you know, Gabe, before we get too deep into it, I just want to thank you and Colin and, and John Thornton, Debbie Schaefer, all the Parks Department people for, you know, for, for that recognition. I mean, I, it's obviously... I'm, I'm a little prejudiced. I think it was well-deserved, but, uh, you know, it's, sure. it's, it's also, I, I think it's a great tribute for, for what Alex has earned and, and a great recognition for him. Man, Mike, it's good to hear you. And I tell you what, I don't, I don't feel like I deserve a lot of recognition here, but Alex definitely does. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of a no brainer is Ed, the root of this was Alex. Great guy. We've known him forever back to his high school days, back to his ball boy days. So when we ask him to come on, busy as he is, he'll do it. We don't, and we try to respect that. But he'll come on the show, and he did an off season. I believe it was prior to signing the two way deal, or or maybe right right after he did with the Lakers. I yeah. think. I think it was, it was right after. Yeah, yeah he, yeah, he made some waves there with OKC in the in the G League, and then was he had just signed the two the two way contract with the Lakers. So he wasn't Alex Caruso on a mural, mm -hmm. the toast of of in a la la land at that time right. but right. he was the toast of Aggieland, right. and and so when we met i just we we kind of got into the genesis a little bit and i just brought a comment is he and he talked about caruso or he talked about the castlegate court and it was three how, how far away from your house mike three or four houses yeah we were, we were three houses from the corner That's three awesome. houses from the corner ed and so of course a basketball junkie he is, he wants to mold his game. And there was all these adults out there playing ball. Mike could tell you more. And yeah. I always talked about that. I didn't know who any of them were. Come to find out one of them is a good buddy of mine, Jason Bullard. Yep. He pitched yep. at A&M around 90. And uh, good basketball, great, really good athlete. And they, Alex would just kind of dribble on the side. And finally, they invited him to play. And they saw him get better and better and better. And really, he honed his skills at Castlegate Court. And you know how it is when you're kind of free flowing like we are right now, you might say some crazy stuff. And I just said, look, I don't know anybody in the city, but they ought to name that court after you. And that kind of spawned something in my head. It's like, hey, why don't we try to get this done? And I thought it'd be like a couple phone calls. Mike, yeah. honestly, <laughs> yeah. I didn't think it'd yeah. be two and a half yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. We still yeah. hadn't celebrated the yeah. sucker. I mean, we, we I can't get to the celebration. Yeah. But I mean, he uh, he was this skinny little mop headed you know, high school boy and, and even younger. And I mean, if you've ever been on that outdoor courts where they have those double, double wire rims, it's like, if you can make a shot out there, you can make it anywhere. But yeah, Jason Bullard takes credit for the reason Alex is you know, signing <laughs> NBA contracts. It's like he taught him everything Alex knows. Yeah, yeah. He needs 10% of that 37 million. And go. he's in he's in Ed's hometown. I now. love it. And, and we we gotta, you know, he he plays like a Chicago guy. He carries himself yeah. like a Chicago guy. We're excited. He looks uh, like he could have graduated from Palatine. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. He could he he could have played for the old coach of Palatine too. He would have yeah. he would have welcomed him with open yeah. Arms. Eddie would have loved to to have had somebody uh, like Alex playing for him. Absolutely. He'd he would have fit right in. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, when Alex was growing up. In what ways did you feel like his game resembled yours? And in what ways was it very, very different? You know, it's really kind of strange. It's, you know, we'd be out playing in the driveway, you know, and he was like six, seven years old. I can't remember how young, but, you know, and, you know, a little family time out in the driveway. And I'm like, oh, how do you know how to do that? You know, he really, I mean, I really, I think there's something to that, the instincts. And he, he just picked up a number of nuances it's hard to teach somebody like that. You just, they just learn it. But I mean, he did it at a really, really uh, early age. He really understood the game and, you know, his competitive nature and his competitive drive. I mean, you know, back then a 5'11 dude could play point guard and uh, probably not much anymore. If not very few and far between, but I mean, you know, I was pretty competitive too. And I, was, I think I was a lot like him from the standpoint of 
pretty California casual off the uh, court. But then when, you know, when the ball went up in the air, it was like, okay, what do you got? Here's what I'm going to do. And, you know, mm-hmm. show me what you got. And he's always had that kind of approach. He's always looking to play at the next level, at, at take a challenge on and, and has been really successful whenever he's done it. So it's great to see. Mike, and at yeah. every level, you know, it's happened. It's just his growth from junior high and then through high school, you know, when he started and when he finished the same thing at A&M, when he started, and when he finished, you know, um, high school, 3-1 wins, district champs and college, you know, SEC champs, sweet 16. So uh, the good part about pro basketball is you don't graduate. I'm looking forward to that growth, the growth to continue in the Windy City there, Ed. Well, you know, it will. And what he did in L.A. was absolutely amazing. And I was going to get back to, like, when he was at A&M, I think people for a while, they're like, how much more can Alex do? How much harder can he play? How many more rebounds can he actually get, offense rebounds? I mean, how many more assists can he throw? It was, and he just kept getting better and better. It was almost like there was no ceiling. And just when you thought there was a ceiling, he pushed it a little bit even higher. And you saw that with the Lakers. Now, I'm curious about this, Mike, and I'm not, I mean, by nature, I'm not a fan of the way LeBron James plays. Okay. I love what he does off the court in the community. I think it's amazing. Uh I do. But, and it's not easy being LeBron James teammates, uh, a teammate of LeBron James, but LeBron absolutely loves Alex, loved playing with him. As a matter of fact, he said he's his favorite teammate he's ever had. Was that just Alex being Alex? I mean, I think that's was one of the coolest lessons. It didn't seem to me like Alex ever got out of himself. He just kept being him and doing him. And that's what LeBron loved about him. And they played off of each other so well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and I th- and I think they both have, again, that instinct or that knack. And what I, what I, I kind of related to for, for Alex is like, he's about two seconds ahead of everybody else on the court. He knows that, okay, LeBron's running next to this guy. I'm going to go away and LeBron's going to be open and I'm going to get a ball. And, and LeBron's the same kind of player from that standpoint. I think they both have great instincts from the standpoint of, you know, knowledge of how people should play and, and how, uh, besides, you know, NBA is so much one-on-one. It's, I don't want to say boring at times, but it's, you know, it's difficult sometimes. But boring. but there's <laughs> but there's an awful lot to that anticipation, making the right cut, making the right screen roll and, and, you know, finding people that are open, knowing that they're going to be open. And and I think LeBron and, and Alex played very similarly in that regard and, and complement each other tremendously. I mean, they were, the, they're one, two, you know, they, there's so many analytics that are in the uh, professional sports, uh, basketball included. And, you know, the numbers that Alex and LeBron had when they were both on the, on the court were just like crazy, crazy good. Yeah. And Michael backed this up, I think, is Billy brought in the right people that really had it above the neck on that championship team. And Admon Gilder had it early as a freshman. And Tyler Davis had it early as a freshman. And Jalen Jones, you know, House and Jones. And we, how many balls we see just bounce off people's chest or head yeah. or hands because they didn't know Alex could do that. Or they didn't expect it to come. And it was a, technically a turnover on Alex, but it was a guy making right. an incredible play. But then when B- Billy did, BK Kennedy brought in the right pieces around Alex, and that was something special there in 2016. Yeah, that was a great team. A great, a great mix of, uh, of people with a lot of experience and knowledge, and then a great mix of some young bucks that are, were really physically talented. And I think that – they grew. The young guys grew as a group and, and were better contributors at the end of the year. And I think a lot of that's because of the senior leadership that was there. Mike, one of the questions I want, I want to ask you, because I've been wondering this ever since I was watching the finals in the bubble. As a dad, you know, Gabe and I are just talking about how much we embrace being a parent and, and what an honor it is and how awesome it is. What was going through your mind as a father? You know, growing up a coach's son, there's something special about that bond around the game, right? Growing yeah. up in the gyms and on the playgrounds and just the conversations in the cars. What was, I mean, I, I feel myself getting goosebumps right now. What was yeah. going through your mind when all of that was taking place in, in, in the finals? So Jackie and I were there for seven weeks uh, in the bubble. So, I mean, we lived wow. with the teams. We all were in the same, the same perimeter. We'd pass players and coaches and and go eat there's only three places you could eat if you wasn't you know in your room and so we you know we'd go see guys that were right there but we saw every single game and that was an absolute treat for me you know as a parent but then also as a as an ex-coach and you know to be honest with you I kind of stayed in in character I watched the game and I realized it was a championship game and Alex started you know and I was thinking 
well, that's pretty cool. Let's see how this works out. And then, you know, we're up like 16 or 18. But I've learned after watching many, many NBA games, 20-point lead doesn't mean anything. You know, stick around to the last five minutes. And then, you know, we kept it and kept it and increased it. And, you know, and I said to Jackie, I said, we're going to win. There's no question. We're going to win this because, uh, you know, it was it was a long grind. It was a hard grind. But we had more in the tank than uh, Miami did, you know, at that point. And I felt really confident. And then, and then you know, the joy part mm-hmm. took over. And then the last couple of minutes, we were just like jumping up and down in the stands and hugging each other. And they are they're already handing out, you know, championship t-shirts and hats. And, and I was like, come on, guys, maybe we should just wait a little bit. I'm like, nah, give it to us. We, we're we're going to do it. Yeah. And then and then to be able to get on a court and celebrate with the team, with Alex, was just like so cool. Mm-hmm. Really cool. And I've got to, and now I've got to, you know, we talk about being proud as a father. I have to shift gears because I want, I want this to be a conversation with Gabe about what that court means to you, Mike, and, and, and to be able to drive by it, be able to see it, knowing that it's going to be named Alex Crusoe court and, and how, how cool is that? Because you know what that court meant to your son, to your family, but also to the community. I mean, again, and, and it's like we said earlier, it's like, you see him put in the work, you see him dedicated to the game and it just has a passion for it. I mean, just. He loves the game and loves to compete. And so for something like this, that's, you know, it's going to be there forever. I mean, it isn't, it isn't like, okay, you, you want a banner and, you know, or a trophy and it's going to go on a shelf somewhere. It's like, this is going to be there and they're going to have a recognition dedication, like a little plaque thing, right? Gabe, it's, you know, you can yeah, kind of yeah, get yeah. The, the whole story about Ooh, who's this Alex Crusoe guy. Cause you know, uh, some people won't know they're down there playing and, you know, hopefully it's going to inspire somebody. Hey, this guy could do it right here in this neighborhood. Maybe I can. Absolutely. You know, when I coach baseball, we play on the same field that Asa Lacey grew up pitching on. He was a number four pick in the draft. He signed right. a $6 million contract, the highest drafted Aggie ever. And I tell the boys, like, you can be Asa. Asa came from this same field. He pitched in this on this exact mound. Same can right. be said for those kids that are out there playing. on. A, now they're not going to be double rimmed anymore. We're upgrading. Yeah. Now. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I kind of drove by a game this little while. That's I mean, good. Oh my God! Yeah. Now, so I, I saw the resurface. I saw the new uh, the new backboards, and it's very smart. And by by them when they resurfaced it, they didn't put any rims on yet. I haven't been there. I went on a golfing trip actually with Alex last week, so haven't been there I in some while. Yeah. So all seventy nine at Pebble Beach. Uh, yeah, he and and that was with a double bogey on seventeen. <laughs> he was playing. He played great. But oh, what a, what a great experience! Great again. More memories that. You just, you, you can't get enough of them. But that's going to be fun. And, you know, it's been two years in the making, Ed, because, A, you had to pass muster because, you know, College Station doesn't like to name things. I'm not discra- I'm not dis- disparaging them, but right. a lot of towns don't like to name something after you while, until you passed, right? right? But the point for us was this is a living icon in College Station. This town has never produced a, a, a major sport champion in a team sport an Aggie has not played in an NBA finals game since 1958. Walter wow. Buddy Davis. This guy's unbelievable. Like he's a college station kid through and through born, raised. This guy's an Aggie. Great. So it's not like a college station kid that went away, did something else. Great. But he can't, he stayed here and did something great. And now yeah. he continues to build it on this incredible legacy that like to Mike's point, these kids are going to be out there playing and they're going to feel like, if Alex can do it, may, shoot, maybe I should dream bigger than I currently am because maybe I could too. So it's an inspiration. But the COVID thing, put it on pot. We pitched it in February 20, mid-February of 20. Right and then there you go. Yeah. Oh, I'm telling yeah. you, like a month. And then the, it shut everything down. There was no talks at all. And then we kind of just kept it going, try to keep that momentum going. And we need to mention Jay Sokol as well, Mike, because he was a big yeah. part of it too. You mentioned yeah. Colin, Dr. John Thornton was huge. And you know, all the people with the parks department, so many of yep. them over there that had something to do with it a lot. But and then, you know, so he's a bull now. And so to bring it to now, we had it set up for this coming Saturday. But the Bulls are calling all their new players to their roster in a couple of weeks early. So, Mike, we'll figure it out and hopefully we'll do it in conjunction with one of Caruso's camps because he continues yep. to give back and do these youth camps. Yep. And and he's he's dedicated to do that. And and uh, next year won't be free agency because that, that was the other thing that happened, you know, was it, it corresponded with free agency and he wanted to try and do the camp. But yeah, just no way to do that. That timing. Bad well, timing. Well, let's get him a second championship with the Bulls. Can we, can we like it? <laughs> let's go. Huh? Now, if he can do let's that, who would have ever thunk that? Yeah, well. 
Yeah, who knows? Bulls are going to be there. much better this year, Ed. I'm excited. I, I they yeah. they've got a chance of being pretty pretty decent. Yeah. They really yeah. do. They've got some pieces there, and and honestly, and I and I and I say this, and I and Mike, I say this if you were not, I love Alex's game, and he's what he's a huge piece that Chicago's been missing. The way he plays, the way he carries himself. There's no BS about him. There's no he doesn't need all the glory. Just go out and do it. And, and at some point, guys have to follow that lead, right? They have right. to follow yep. that. He's all about winning. And what what do I have to do to contribute to get a win? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's awesome. And Mike, stay with us yeah. here because we got we got a few minutes left here. And I'm gonna I wanna wrap up because you know, Gabe, just wrap up with where folks can find out more about uh Megan, about you know, her team, about what you folks are doing in College Station and what all your social media handles are um, and where people can follow you. Yeah, so it's Megan's name and meganbach.com is her website. And we get the Meganbach team here under the Walsh and Megan Premier Real Estate Brokerage in Mm -hmm. College Station. And it's an incredible family. We're growing like crazy. We're adding agents. We're adding transaction people. We're adding client care people, social media. So it's a heck of a time to be working with your wife. And that's a little bit of a risk too. Will we do this well together? Because we've never done it before. So uh, we jumped right in here together and it's been a challenge. It's been a learning process. We're a couple months in, but we're really, really enjoying it. So at Gabe Bach on all social media for me, at Megan Bach, it's M-E-G-A-N-B-O-C-K, all social media for her. And uh, man, we're just loving it. But to wrap it up, it would be a lot harder if it was either or, if TechSag said, look, if you're going to do this, go do it. We give you our blessing. We'll get you out of the contract and we wish you the best of luck. But they didn't do that. They still saw value in keeping me on. And they allowed me to go pitch to them a consultant kind of role, 1099. I'm on contract and I'm still able to produce content, which, which is, is awesome. very, which that's is a awesome. passion, a huge, huge passion. So it's cool. It's the best of both worlds but spending countless more hours home with the family too. And, and you know, Gabe, forgive me and Mike, I'm glad I asked you to stay on because there is one more thing in terms of wrapping it up. You have an incredible podcast on right now. Can you talk about that a little bit? Follow the money about what the whole, you know, who your partners are and that your co-host. It's such a significant and pivotal time in college athletics right now. Oh yeah. I think what you folks are doing is amazing. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, absolutely. I want to invite everybody to go to all podcast platforms, however you like to listen to podcasts and search for college sports, follow the money. We came up with follow the money at a breakfast with Dr. R. Bowen Lofton. And Bowen Lofton was A&M's president. Mike worked under him when Mike was in the athletic department at A&M. Yes, I did. President. And Lofton uh, spearheaded the move, the 100-year decision of A&M moving to the SEC. And it happened really initial talks in 20, well, probably prior to, but came to full fruition surface in 2010. And then in 2011, they made the move just about 10 years ago. And then in 2012, July 1st, 2012, became official members. And then Johnny happened, so on and so on. It's just been incredible. There have been some ups and downs on the playing field, been incredibly successful off of it. And it's not a 10-year decision. It's a 100-year decision. And that's like an investment. So when you invest in people, you invest in uh, businesses, so on and so forth, you're doing that long-term. We're really, really seeing the fruits of that. And Dr. Lofton was A&M's president. He was the chancellor at Missouri after that. And now he's retired back in College Station. And he, he put this whole thing together. He wanted to do, and there, in the marketplace, there really isn't a lot out there on the business side of college athletics. There's a lot of debate in the third tight end going on. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be quarterback here or yeah. there? And, and a lot of gambling. I mean, gambling is just crazy right, right. now. But there's not on like, what does all this NIL stuff look like? What is future conference realignment? They, the, people will do stories on that or maybe episodes on it, but our whole show, we'll bring a quarterback on and not talk to him at all about out routes or whatever. I mean, we're talking comebacks, deep flies. Like we're talking about just perspective on the ever-changing environment of college athletics. It's just been really fun. John Heike is also a host on that. John was a vice president with Fox Sports. He ran the Southwest product up there in Dallas, the DFW area for a long time. He had been with ESPN prior to that. Incredible mine for just television's impact on all that we're seeing is huge television drives the train it does. drives the train and you know why you follow the money yeah. that's right and it yeah. was john that came up with that name during a meeting he's just yeah. he just it just hit him follow that's the awesome. money and that's awesome it's been fun to be a part of i hope everybody checks it out absolutely mike i know you got to jump off thanks so much for joining us mike i'll let you and gabe say goodbye oh thank you and and uh, gabe as i said before 
you know, thanks, thanks to everybody that had a part in, in Alex Curso court. It's really going to be something very special for our family. I'll never forget watching Alex play. He's a great kid. He's a great young man. He's a friend. And uh, it's been a, a, an incredible labor of love. Can't wait for it to finally come to full fruition. Uh, next off season, I've got my MC notes all ready to go. We could do this thing this afternoon. I'm I mean, ready. We can do it whenever you're ready. <laughs> it was yeah. done. Yeah. So I'm just going to hold on to those. We got them saved in Google Drive or whatever. All right, man. You tell me when I can dust them off and we'll celebrate Alex. We'll work on that, okay? Thanks, Ed. Uh, Thanks, Mike. Talking with you. Great talking to you. All right, Gabe. That was awesome. I was I was fired up. Fun. I was I was excited to have him on and and, and I appreciate oh, yeah. you. And we're going to have for, you, for, for for the listeners, we're going to have everything. We'll have um the meganbachteam.com. We'll have all those links. We'll have everything in the show notes. Okay. We'll put it out there on social media. Um, everything we talked about, we'll have the podcast on the show notes. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, I appreciate you sharing as much as you did and, and really giving us a peek behind the curtain of what you, you've done and, and what you continue to do. And I wish you all the best because it's pretty cool. I mean, it's a pretty cool part yeah. of your journey. And, you know, I didn't mention it when Mike was on, but that's what's really awesome about having the court named after Alex now because it's while things are still happening in his career and kids can connect with him. Right. Yeah, it's not, absolutely. it's not someone 50 years after the fact of him being a player. It's like, blah, 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 blah. Like it's real now. Now they can root for him right now. They can connect with him when he comes back. So I think it is so awesome what, what you've done. It was a no brainer for most people. And I think it got voted almost unanimously, but that was the issue in the crux of our argument to the people who did not want to do this is I'm sure the library's named after a guy. I've never met him. I'm sure he's a great guy. You know, a lot of people, we go to a park and it's named after some guy I've never met because he was long past before I even moved to College Station. I'm sure he's a great guy, but people know Alex. Right. And you want to be able to have a living, lasting impact and legacy on people. Right. That's our kind of big, big goal here, right? Yeah. And Alex is going to have an opportunity to do that in Aggieland with or without this court. I just yeah. think it was a no-brainer. Yeah. They realized it was a no-brainer. We got the uh, mayoral and city council stamp of approval. It is Caruso Court now. Yep. We're just waiting to honor him for yeah. the right time. But the Castlegate Court is now, by all intents and purposes, Alex Caruso Court. And I'm really excited about that. But and thank you for the opportunity to talk with Mike. That was a total surprise. I had no yep. idea that was coming. And just the opportunity to do this, you know, because we almost did it right after I left Texas. But at that time, things were just spinning so much. My head still, it was, I'm glad we were able to do it like this because my communication on air was all happening in real time. Right. Like announcing I was going to leave and then leaving. That was very emotional, right? right? So to be able to then pull back a little bit of where we are now, and really this is my first opportunity to truly unpack this thing. It's awesome. Unscripted, just unpack it. And I hope our listeners enjoyed it. I hope well, I'm, get I'm, humbled, it. I'm humbled that you chose us to do that with, because it was, it was really cool. You know, you know, I think oh, the world awesome. of you and, now we, we have to get you in town for a Chicago game. That's what we need to do. Go see Alex play. Well, we need to do that. You know, my uncle Mike lives mm -hmm. right in downtown Chicago. So That's what I'm saying. And we, we need to get him on the podcast. He's a great athlete. Let's great do that. Let's do that. And hey, I appreciate it. To all the folks at Texags, I say hello. Give Luch my best. All right. And Logan. And hey, uh, let's talk right again here, soon. Right here. There we go. Right here. We got There's it. the ring. Gig him. Thank you for listening to The Athletics of Business. Be sure to give us a rating and review so we know how we're doing. For more information about the show, visit theathleticsofbusiness.com. Now, get out there, think, act, and execute at the highest level to unleash your greatness.